All right. On today's episode, we have Randy Karlinski. She is a registered dietitian nutritionist and certified personal trainer from the suburbs of Chicago. Randy spent a year in bariatric surgery, followed by five years in corporate wellness. After getting furloughed, ultimately losing her job to COVID and being pregnant with her first child, Randy decided it was time to start her private practice. She focuses on helping women with a history of yo-yo dieting break out of the cycle by simplifying weight loss through portions and an all-foods-fit approach. Randy strongly believes in the body-positive movement and loves helping her clients find ways to appreciate their bodies at all sizes, regardless of their weight loss goals. You can find her on Instagram at Randalish, period, nutritionist. Randalish is spelled R-A-N-D-E-L-I-S-H. Welcome, Randy. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait for the listeners to learn more about you. So let's jump right in. And can you share with us how you started out with your private practice compared to where you were before you made the jump into this? Yeah. So going into private practice is something that has always been a dream of mine. When I decided years ago that I wanted to be a dietitian, I knew I wanted to work for myself. I knew I wanted to do a private practice. And so It's always been something that was, you know, kind of on the back burner. I'll do it. I'll do it eventually. It was never the right time. And then COVID hit. And unfortunately, I was a casualty of a COVID layoff. And then being pregnant, it was like now or never, basically, when it came to starting out. So when I started the program, I started Libby's program is basically when I started my practice. I was at zero. And that was it kind of the jump I needed to just dive right in. Yeah, admittedly, it is a dream for a lot of people to start their private practice. And sometimes the best time to do it is exactly as you mentioned, and that's just jumping in. If the situation works out where the stars align and it makes sense, great, makes it even easier to make this leap. But even if it's not perfect, even if someone is just like you and kind of thought about it, nothing hurts with just giving it a good old college try. So thanks for sharing that. So now that you're online, you obviously have an audience and a market that you're really focusing your messaging towards attracting. So can you tell us a little bit about the clients that you work with and what your current niche is? Yeah, so my main focus is definitely women, specifically women with a history of yo-yo dieting. This is something that I see so much. And even though I know there's a handful of dietitians out there focusing on it. I think there are way more women suffering from it than dietitians who can really cater to them all. I think there's more needed even. So that would be my focus. Weight loss is a big concern of many women, and that's the reason they're doing these yo-yo diets. They're constantly after that goal of weight loss. And so the reason I really try to focus in on that is because... I think, unfortunately, I feel that there's a lot of misinformation out there and a lot of these yo-yo diets are not healthy and they're, you know, they're really doing more harm than good. And these women are, they're going to try everything. And so I'd rather be the one helping them lose the weight than having them go to these, you know, crazy diets that are just going to cause them to gain the weight back. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. You made so many great points, like noticing that there was a need and that you are that person that could be the source of help and assistance, especially since there's so many people, women in particular, that are suffering with this. 
why not use your your knowledge and be a resource for them on top of that like understanding that a big the biggest pain point for them in breaking through that yo-yo cycle is misinformation and you're that person that's like the chain breaker of the yo-yo diet you get them off of that which is great and that's so helpful to hear yeah definitely the goal <laughs> and would you say that it always started out like that started off you wanting to work with women wanting to break through the yo-yo diet cycle or has it evolved at all can you share a little bit about any of that yeah so when i first started the program and i first started my practice which went hand in hand with the beginning starting libby's program you know i thought that i wanted to help women with just healthy eating and and you know finding what works for them high energy low stress kind of that general health and that was something i you know felt strongly with and i i struggled a lot with weight loss because of my belief in this you know body positive movement and and feeling that women should love themselves regardless of their size and so i kind of had that fight inner fight between the two ideas and libby did help me realize like you know you can't just it's not marketable to really just want to help people be healthy that's not something people are going to pay for and i deep down i knew that and so eventually you know i came to the point of why why am i fighting this i've helped people lose weight in the past i'm good at it why not be the one that is helping these women lose weight? Because I know I can help them do it in a healthy way, in a lasting, sustainable way, rather than them turning towards these, these fad diets. And, and I realized, you know, there's, there's no reason that you can't be body positive and help people lose weight. Yeah, I 100% agree with all those great points you made, especially your point about how embarking on this business you had a, a sense of what you wanted to do and it was healthy eating, general health. And a lot of people go into this like, okay, this is what I want to do, but you fail to think about what's marketable. What can you sell? What will someone DM you about? Who's going to book a sales call to ask you about general health? And once you worked through that murkiness of the marketable aspect of the whatever offer you're going to have, you found so much clarity. Yes, it challenges your belief system a little bit, but you were able to really come to peace with it. Sound like you did a lot of mindset work to really honor where you are as a professional and your personal beliefs, but also still serving someone who really, really needs your help. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Kudos to you for doing that. And you mentioned that you always had a dream to start private practice and the furlough was what uh, sparked you into action, which is really awesome. So can you provide the listeners a few tips for them who they're want, they want to make this leap and they're excited to really grow their private practice and the situations probably haven't lined up for them. Um, I would say, I know, you know, if you listen to a lot of these episodes, it gets said again and again and again, but you just have to do it. It's not going to be perfect at the beginning. You may feel like you're all over the place with messaging or you don't know what you want to say really doesn't matter. You just have to do it. That was something that definitely held me back was this idea of, you know, I have to have everything planned out ahead of time and I don't know what I want to say and Instagram something that I've never really been good at. You know, if I look at my 
personal Instagram. It's just like random photos of my husband and I, and you know, my niece worked in there and a random recipe here and there, but that I was never been one of those people that like lived on Instagram. And so I didn't think I could do it, but at the end of the day, you just have to do it and know that it's going to get better over time. I am by no means where I want to be in terms of my Instagram skills, but I'm doing it and that's what matters. There's never a good time. And so you just have to just have to take the leap. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. In spite of having no Instagram experience, you guys, she just shifted her mindset. Like, I don't know what's going on, but all I know is that I'm going to do it and just take the leap of faith. And sometimes that's all you need. Exactly. So now that you're on there and it's not no longer your niece helping you post and these random mm-hmm. photos of food and all of that uncertainty of how to master this platform, you were able to get more clear being in the program to build that no like and trust factors. So can you share with the listeners one or two ways that you like to build no like and trust, especially coming from a person who wasn't on social media before and didn't know that you had to talk to your ideal client, you've probably come to pull like probably a couple things in your back pocket that help you. So can you share those? Yeah, I would say be honest and trust that people want to hear what what you have to say and they want to know you, your authentic self. You know, I'm in a unique position, I would say, being pregnant while doing all of this is, you know, I, I battled at the beginning. Do I want to show the bump? Do I, you know, these pictures, I'm going to look different. And at the end of the day, and the group really helped me come to this realization where people just want to know what's going on in your day-to-day life. And, and that's okay. You don't have to eat perfectly, you know, during this process, aside from being pregnant, our kitchen has actually been under renovation as well. Luckily it's almost done and I can finally use it, but there was a good like month where we were ordering takeout and, you know, I'd go to Trader Joe's and get, you know, ready-made stuff or their microwavable things. And so I felt kind of insecure about like my food choices. I was like, I don't know if I want to show this. It's not the healthiest or whatever. And at the end of the day, people just want to know that you're human. And some of my stories that I talk about, you know, pregnancy symptoms, or I take a photo with my bump are the most viewed stories. And I get the most replies on those. And so I guess just realizing that just the way that you scroll through Instagram and stories, and you like hearing about everyone else's lives, they want to hear about yours. And just trust that that's that's what people want to hear. Jazz snaps, jazz snaps. I love your points of being your honest self, being your authentic self. And it's okay to not be perfect, especially being a dietitian. This whole idea of ready-made and will they judge me and my and I don't I'm not cooking something. Instead of looking at that as, oh God, I gotta hide this, you're like, nope, this is my truth. I'm living it. I'm gonna share it because people scroll and look at this stuff all the time. And that's what's going to build and forge genuine relationships. So I appreciate you sharing those tips with the audience members. So don't be afraid to show like your random Trader Joe's haul, you guys. (laughs) They want to see it. (laughs) (laughs) So now that you've worked on building your know, like, and trust, can you share with the audience 
how that has translated into sales. So how much money you've made so far. And if you can share with the audience also your next goal and maybe even a long-term money goal. Yeah. So since starting, so we started the program in June, but I really launched the practice. The Instagram really got launched like July. So I'd say within the last couple of months, I've made just shy of a thousand dollars. And so from there, my goals are, I would say a little bit unique or a little bit different than, than most, just because I am supposed to deliver next month. So life's going to change a little bit. And I don't know what, um, this is my first. So I have no idea what life is going to be like when that happens with sleep deprivation and everything that goes along with it. So I can't say that I have clear financial goals for the next couple months because I'm sure I'll take a step back in terms of clients, but definitely I would say in, you know, I just, I haven't thought about a specific number, but six months a year, I want to have a full functioning practice where I can be essentially financially independent. Obviously my husband works as well. So together I'd like to be pulling my own weight, if not more than him. So we'll see what that looks like. He makes jokes a lot that says, he says a lot, you know, why don't, why don't you just have a successful practice and you can buy our dream home? I'm like, all right, give me some time. We'll get there. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So we, we kind of know it's like six or seven digits. Well, our, like, <laughs> yeah. Our long-term goal for the practice is definitely multiple figures. <laughs> Very good to hear. I'm crossing my fingers for you and wishing you a lot of good vibes. And, and, and so far with the money that you've made, how have you used your thousand dollars? Have you like used it for a trip, used it for daily expenses around the house? Can you share what this thousand has afforded you and your family at this time? Um, right now I'm just putting it back into the business right now. I'm not taking anything out from it. We've been fortunate enough through COVID and everything that He's still working full time and we have the resources that we're not, you know, I have the freedom to be able to get this started and not have to contribute necessarily. So just putting it back in the business right now, it's not like we can travel anyways. So <laughs> yeah, I, I loved your, your point of reinvesting in your business. That's not something people often think about, but sometimes the best things you can do is just putting it right back in and seeing it grow even more. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and when you were transitioning into private practice, would you say that you had any beliefs about money or hangups around how much you were going to charge, how much you could potentially make? Because obviously we're marketing ourselves on Instagram. You tell that to anyone, they're like, you're, you're making what? You're making account to try to attract people to give you money on Instagram. So a lot of that can come with some money mindset. So can you share with us any money mindset issues you had around selling your services on Instagram or even pricing your services to your ideal client? Yeah, I think that in terms of pricing, I really wasn't sure where to start. So it was really helpful in the program. Libby gives you a, an amount. And so, and I just went with that and it seemed good. It seemed comfortable. 
In my previous job, we did one-on-one counseling and kind of sold packages as well. And they were so much cheaper. And I would always tell my clients, like, you realize this is dirt cheap, yep, that you're getting this, you know, when they would complain how much money. And I'm like, I don't think you understand how much private practice dietitians actually charge. And so now being in that situation, I'm like, I am one of those dietitians and I need to charge what that worth is. So I kind of just went with it. In terms of mindset, it's been ingrained in me for a while about just basically there's nothing wrong with making a lot of money because if you're putting the work into it and you're growing a business, that's something to be proud of. My stepdad is a rags to riches story. Basically, he grew up dirt, dirt poor and has built a very successful company. And so he has basically taught us, you know, that you can do it, that as long as you put your mind to it, you know, and, and work hard, there's no amount that you can't make and that you deserve to make your worth. So I just try to remember that basically. Yeah, Randy, thank you so much for sharing some of your money stories. A lot of people often don't really think about charging their worth or they're worried to charge their worth. And just hearing your reflections and comparisons between clinical being dirt cheap and in private practice, really obviously earning what you're worth. You went to school and you put in the effort and the clinical rotations after that. So why not get paid for all of that experience and time? And I also love that you have a connection to your own personal family story and how you were surrounded by people and seeing what's possible when you put your mind to things that you can pull yourself up from your bootstraps and make as much money as you dream of, essentially, which is cool. And now that you have started to grow your business, and I know you have the baby on the way, can you walk us through what the experience has been like being a mom, which or being a, a new mom to be, I should say? Can you walk us through that experience? Because obviously you're learning all the changes to your body. You're growing your business at the same time. And there's probably people out there that have a similar circumstance. They might be pregnant. They might be someone that's busy. And they're wanting to know what it's like to really grow your business while you have all these unique life changes happening. So can you walk us through your experience? Yeah, it's been a really interesting experience because we have these groups. With Libby's program, you're in a cohort, essentially. And everyone is on a different playing field. But, you know, we have these conversations and in the Facebook group, people are sharing wins, which is awesome. And one of the things that I've had to do is really just remind myself that just because someone else is, you know, kicking it out of the park doesn't mean I have to be as well. And that we are all in different situations in life and that we have to, we have to respect that. And, you know, I, I had the beginning of the program, I felt great. And then the last month getting into the third trimester, I really haven't felt good. And so I have, you know, certain things on my to-do list that I tell myself at the very least, just do these couple things, which is usually make sure I post on Instagram, get on my stories a little bit, whatever that might look like, and then attend to any client needs if they need to be done that day. But just giving yourself time and recognizing that everyone's different and that you just have to do what's best for you. So if you're 
you know, whether it's you are working a full-time job and you just you can't compare yourself to someone that has all day and this is their full-time job. Or someone who, you know, is 23 years old, lives with a roommate or alone and, and doesn't have the same responsibilities as someone who has two kids under the age of five. You know, it's, it's two very different stages of life. And so just giving yourself that, basically that, that time or that respect that, you know, you're doing what's best for you and just go at your own pace and that's okay. Yeah, I definitely agree that, you know, when you join the group, there are people that are at different stages and it is so important that you honor where you are, not as a way of minimizing yourself, but really elevating yourself and knowing that your situation's different. And since we are all identical, our outcomes are obviously going to be different. So I adore that you yourself created a minimum, like a minimum that makes you feel good every day. Maybe it's only three items on that checklist, but three doesn't need to be the 10 of the person next to you. Your comfort, comfort, but you're still doing the work. You're taking the minimum action steps to push your business forward. And that's all you need. You just need those few steps because those few steps will add up and be big momentum over time. So thanks for sharing that and reminding people the importance of honoring your season in life, so to speak. Exactly. This is your season. Some people, it's a hot season. They need an AC. Some people, it's winter. They need a coat. Just stay in your season. It's okay. Exactly. So you hinted a little bit earlier about your Instagram just kind of being everywhere. Can you deep dive a little bit more about like what your niece did to your Instagram, what you were posting in your Instagram before compared to now after going through the program? So I decided when I started that instead of turning my personal Instagram into the business one, I just started fresh with a new Instagram. You know, looking back on it, I've gone back and forth. Was that a good idea? Was that not a good idea? I had like 500 followers on that one. But at the same time, you know, some of those photos from like, I don't know, whenever Instagram started five, six years ago, there were my, my dog was all over it. And it just, it didn't, there wasn't much substance there um, in terms of a business Instagram. So I decided to start fresh. So that was, and, and I still, you know, the beginning I think is still pretty rocky. And I, I personally think that it's still very rocky, but it's evolving and it's getting to where it, it should be. Again, nobody's perfect. This is definitely not my strong suit, but I'm doing it anyways. So that's kind of, I would say, the, the experience has been. I'm still figuring it out, what works, what doesn't work. You know, I posted the highest reach I've gotten, the highest just views is recently from the Cubs uh, like video that I posted. I'm a Chicago Cubs fan, big Chicago Cubs fan. And my husband actually pushed me to post that. He's like, it's just funny. Like people will love it. And so I was like, fine, it's a Saturday. I'll do it. And it ended up having the craziest amount of reach. So I was like, okay, this is, this is good. Maybe I should do more fun things like that. So really just trial and error and trying to figure out, you know, what works and what people want to see. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that post because that's actually the post I DM'd you. I'm like, this is hilarious. <laughs> and are you from Chicago? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that post is hilarious, you guys. I, I highly recommend you check it out. It's very obvious if you go to her feed. But outside of that post, which I love that you're testing things out, that's the message in the theme. You are going to be testing things out. It's going to be rocky. It's going to be evolving. But the most important point that I, I heard you make was you just got to do it. And just doing it is part of the process. It's going to be a rocky do it. It's going to be a perfect do it. It's going to be a somewhat perfect do it. But as long as there's a do it in there, regardless of what's in front of it, you're making steps and growing your business, which is freaking fantastic. And please do more of those posts because I giggled so hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I, I looked at it and I was like, this may not directly relate to my business. Although I did tie it in on the caption to like fitness and finding something that you love to do. But I also thought about it. I was like, this is, this is my personality. And so that's also something that you want to convey. Everything shouldn't be you know, strict nutrition, this or that, or inspiration. Sometimes it's, I'm a fun person and I want to show you that I'm a fun person and this will do that. So <laughs> great words of wisdom listeners, please do that. Show your, show your humor, show your personality. Your ideal clients want to know that you are human. And now that you've gotten to show your personality, create this content, you've been able to garner $1,000 in sales. Can you share with the listeners how you approach sales and how it's evolved? Like I heard you mention earlier, you're not a stranger to selling because you did it when you were working in clinical. So I'm just curious what the differences were, maybe even some similarities as well. Yeah, so when I was selling before, I was in uh, corporate wellness. So we sold packages, it was out of pocket for them. But like I mentioned, the prices were significantly reduced. And a lot of those, I would say, in terms of sales and getting better, it, it really, I really believe it just takes experience. And it just takes practice. You know, I was in that position for about five years. And I think of some of the conversations I had when I first started, and it makes me cringe. I'm like, Oh, my God, it was so bad. No wonder they didn't want to work with me or no wonder they didn't buy. And then so the more I did it, the more confident I became, the more comfortable those conversations became. So now uh, I do feel, I feel pretty good about the conversation with sales. I do think that I have room for improvement, that you know, there's always room for improvement. Closing the deal is probably where I struggle the most in terms of getting them from yes, I'm excited. You sound great to actually signing up. That's definitely something I can work on. But just the more you talk to people, you realize they're human. It's just like a job interview. They're interviewing you just as much as you're interviewing them. And so realizing that they just want to get to know you and that it's not all about sell, sell, sell every moment of that conversation. A lot of it is, you know, just letting them know again that you're human and that you understand them and, and, and that you want to hear what they have to say. Yeah, I think a lot of people can relate to being afraid of the cringy calls, but you <laughs> need them to grow and you get better. As you mentioned, the more you do it, you get comfortable and being able to start those calls, making sure they feel comfortable because they are wanting to get to know you. And if you approach it from the mindset of sell, 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 it's going to come through 
and make it harder. So I appreciate you uh, sharing that mindset shift, the importance of making it natural and then recognizing that, you know, you have to practice and it gets better. And what advice would you give to someone who wants to get these sales calls? They want to make X amount of money and they know they need to get on social media, create content and show their face in stories, which is another big part of the dietitian boss method. So can you provide some advice for those who are starting out and they're scared to show their face? I would say you just have to push through that fear and you just have to do it. You will see very quickly that whatever is holding you back, whatever you're afraid of is really all in your head that it's, you know, a lot of it is oh, I'm afraid. Am I going to sound weird or not authentic or how do I look at the end of the day? Nobody cares and they just want to know you and they want to hear what you have to say. And the only way you're going to get more comfortable doing it is by doing it. And so you just have to push yourself and say, all right, today I'm going to talk about this. Or maybe you start with, I'm going to start taking selfies because I never did that before. I'll start with that and text and then slowly graduate to, you know, saying a few words and just, just practice and just do it is really all, all you have to do is you just have to push yourself to do it. I agree, especially when you're afraid. So in spite of fear, you have to just get yourself out there. And what I like is you gave them like little baby assignments, like little task assignments, like, okay, maybe it's a selfie. And then maybe it's a couple of words you say, and then you can graduate to like full on clips. But like taking those little baby steps are so important to getting to that next point. I think a lot of people often think of the big steps. So I'm so grateful that you mentioned the tiny steps you can take until you're ready to make those big steps. Yeah, I mean, we, we are coaches and we teach our clients to break down these you know big goals into small steps. And sometimes we have to remember that we need to do those things too, that we can't just dish it out, but we have to take it as well. It's amazing how hard it is to like think of it in that framing, but that framing is so freaking helpful. I love that you provided that framing to the listeners is just think about the advice you give your clients and like take that advice. And it's kind of like, okay, Randy's showing me this bottle of hard pill to swallow and she's asking me to take it. It's like, yep, yeah, but it's, but that's what we have to do. We have to take our own advice. It's helpful. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the episode. But before we sign off, is there like one piece of advice that final piece of advice you'd like to share with the dietitian bosses, future dietitian bosses that are wanting to start their private practice? I would say you just have to start. There's never going to be a right time to do it. I am walking a walking example of that. Who would have thought that starting a practice while, you know, pregnant and without a full-time job, it just in the middle of a pandemic would be the time I did it, but there's just, there's never a right time. And so you just have to do it. You just have to start. Thank you so much for that final insight. And as a reminder, you guys can find Randy on Instagram at Randalish period nutritionist and Randalish is spelled R-A-N-D-E-L-I-S-H. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. 
I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at LibbyRothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.